Get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. Joining me to preview all four games from the upcoming weekend for the Parramatta Eels, my good mate, 60s. Uh, we've been very critical of the Eels in the last few podcasts, 60s, but we are excited for the weekend, believe it or not. Uh, a couple of teams playing for their finals lives in the Jersey flag and the NRL. We've got a team looking to kickstart its season in the NRLW. And look, the New South Wales Cup, they're not going to make the finals, but we've got some young kids we're excited to see. We've got a full weekend ahead of us, mate. We've got the BGA player reunion in Jack's Bar and Grill in Parramatta Leagues Club on Saturday. And of course, people are able to pay homage to the the pioneers in blue and gold jerseys, whether they be from a long time ago or, or maybe in the recent past. But those who've worn the Parramatta jersey with pride will be there on Sunday. It's an extended weekend reunion for the Blue and Gold Alliance. They'll be doing that walk of honour to uh, around Combank Stadium on Sunday before the big game. So make sure you're there. Give them a round of applause as they walk around because, you know, that it's, it's very important that these blokes get uh, recognised for the years that they put in or or even the short time that they wore in uh, the blue and gold jersey. And uh, it's always great for them to get together and enjoy spending a bit of time together every so often. Yes, indeed. Really looking forward to that. It's a fantastic group of former players and club members. So really keen to see them celebrated on Sunday and then be celebrated on Sunday. Yeah, we'll be looking to grab a few chats with uh, different players on uh, when we're there on Saturday with them at their luncheon. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that, mate. I mean, it, it, it makes it for a very, very busy weekend. I, I'm not sure that we can juggle doing both New South Wales Cup and NRLW followed by the uh, NRL game. But what we can guarantee is that we will definitely be there for the NRL match and we are there ourselves in Jack's Bar and Grill after the match on Sunday. Now, remember, it's a 2 o'clock kickoff for the match, so we're there post-game. So probably about half an hour after the first grade game wraps up, you can come up to Jack's Bar and Grill, grab a drink, have a feed, listen to plenty of footy talk. Not sure who we've got there as our guest of honour this week, but, geez, I'm guessing that with the Blue and Gold reunion there, we've got to be able to pick up someone, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll be able maybe to we'll, finagle. Maybe we'll, have a, maybe we'll have a rotation of guests there yeah. for uh, people to have a listen to. Yeah, we'll be able to finagle something some way, somehow there. All right, before we jump into our quartet of preview 60s, a quick shout out to the sponsors of the show, Big Swing Golf North Mead and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Rowan and Parramatta, helping us get these episodes out for you guys to listen to and digest. Thank you uh, massively to both our sponsors there. Let's get into it, big fella. Let's start uh, with the, what does it go? We'll go chronologically in terms of age order here or seniority. We'll start with the jersey flag at the lowest uh, peg of the uh, development or senior football process. They play, the young ones, the young ones. The youngins, yes. Uh, a group of uh, young boys that we're very keen to see develop now. They're playing on Saturday, the 5th of August, 3.30pm, out at Cabramatta New Era Stadium. They're taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. This is a pivotal, pivotal 
clash. Always do that. Uh, pivotal clash for them uh, as they take on the team that's placed just above them on the ladder and part of a three-way shootout for the final spot in the top five alongside the Melbourne Storm. Uh, they're looking pretty good for this one, 60s. Not quite full strength, given there's some guys either injured or promoted to New South Wales Cup, but it is a strong team nonetheless. We start at fullback with Arpa Tweedle. On the wings, you've got Matthew Komalafi and Ethan Martin. Richard Penasini and Samuel Luizu are in the centres. Joshua Lynn has come back from New South Wales Cup. He had a couple of games up there, hopefully better for the run. He'll partner Ethan Sanders in the halves. Brock Parker and Tony Matelli are the bookends. Matty Arthur at dummy half. Jock Brazel is back from a one-game suspension. Big in for the team there. He starts on what I will assume will be the left edge, given what we've seen this year. Max Tupo on the right. Nicholas Lenars is the lock forward. On the interchange, Jacob Davis, he's the backup dummy half. Saxon Pryke, Sam Tuovaiti, and Lance Fall-Lima. Some big units there in the middle. Uh, Araz Namva is the 18th man slash concussion replacement. And yeah, they're taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, just trying to think if these two these two teams would have met earlier in the season. If we're just going to get sec to pull up their results here. Uh, the Eels played them way back in round five. Uh, accounted for them 32-16 to 16 out at Ziems Park. Uh, so that's with a Z there. And I don't think they've met since. No, this will be their second meeting this season. And yeah, this is one they've got to have, big fella. Yeah. Look, the team has been in quite good form the last few weeks. Now, they lost that game to the Roosters two weeks back, but that was a cracking game of rugby league. The Roosters are... They're, they're top of the table for a reason. And the Eels took it to them very early on, built up a 10-0 lead. The Roosters pegged it back. And they were really going toe-to-toe with a side. Like, that Roosters side, so big. Like, they're just monsters out there. And uh, I thought the Eels really matched them for much, much, of the game, much of the game. It was really a couple of unfortunate errors in yardage that uh, were made by the Eels that gave possession at key times to the Roosters and they made the Eels pay. So um, it was, and that that basically accounted for the two-try difference in the end was those two errors. I think there was one where uh, the ball was picked up after it was dropped and the, and the Roosters scored straight away. The other one, I think they scored about three or four tackles later. Mm-hmm. So um, without turning over the ball in those circumstances, it would have been a very, very tight contest. Uh, so uh, then the Eels went down to Melbourne last week. Uh, was You'd have to say they were convincing winners. It was only that the Storm scored two very late tries. I'm talking about two tries in the last four or five minutes that narrowed the margin to eight. Uh, prior to that, the Eels were winning by 20. They did miss an opportunity to completely eliminate the differential difference between themselves and the Storm. The Storm sit above them still by two points, I think, uh, mate. I think they're so, one, yeah, one win queen of the Parramatta Eagles. So this is yeah, a Yeah, game. so they're, they're relying on uh, the Storm having a loss in this run home because without that loss, like if the Storm keep winning, well, there's nothing that the Eels can do. But if, if both teams – sorry, if the Eels get one win more than the Storm – they're relying on being able to um, improve their own differential and hope that the storm don't do too much improving on theirs. I think there's something like about a, it would it be about 20 points yeah, difference? About, about just over that, 20 yeah. points? Yep, just something that. like that. So, I mean, that look, that's achievable, but geez, you would have loved to have gone in where 
they had essentially the uh, the same differential with these rounds to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, mate, I, I'm going to tip a win there because we're looking at a at a spine which is the SG ball spine. Um, so you've got Tweedle, you've got Lynn, you've got Sanders, you've got Arthur. Now that that was a successful combination, and at the SG ball level, they've come up to flag and they basically hit the ground running as well there. Um, you've got um, interesting inclusions that have happened over the last few weeks. We've spoken about Ethan Martin before. Mm-hmm. He's He's been there for, I guess it's getting starting to get close to two months maybe, something like that, um, six weeks to two months that he's been in the team. He's He's got a point of difference, hasn't he, as a, as a winger. He's... Uh, He's got interesting footwork, carries the ball powerfully, uh, very elusive winger. Uh, Brock Parker, he was <clears throat> had his stint up in New South Wales Cup last week. He He's probably the most consistent forward that Coach Craig Brennan has at his disposal. Maybe uh, maybe uh, Nick Lanaz would have um, reason to argue that. So, um, But they're both very, very consistent performers so and then you you start to look at Tony Mattaielli I mentioned the other day I I prefer him in the middle than I do on the edge and he's playing in the middle for um, the Jersey flag he had a whale of a game last week against the storm so uh, we'd like him to continue that Um, Max Tupo had a really good game too against the uh, the Roosters a couple of weeks back so interesting to see how he goes Jock Brazel, we know what Jock produces. So, um, yeah, look, I'm I'm really keen on their chances, mate. What about you? Yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty positive. Sixties, they've gotten themselves into a nice groove, into a nice rhythm. Uh, it sucks to see someone like Blaze drop out of a team uh, just when he's gotten back with that injury. But uh, I do think that they've gotten a pretty handy replacement in Joshua Lynn, a guy who spent a few games up in New South Wales Cup as a young kid, so he should be better for that run. And yeah, they've got a really dynamic backline now. Uh, I love Richard Penasini. Ethan Martin has been electric uh, in the time he's been at the club. Samuel Louise, who's no uh, you know, uh, stranger to high levels of football, so he should bring some experience there. So they've got the weapons in the backline. They've got a pretty industrious forward pack now of Tony Matelli joining that front row rotation. Uh, you mentioned the consistency of Brock Parker. They've got some great strike on the bench between Pryke, Torvaiti, and Fuller Lima. Uh, and you know, getting someone like Jock Brazel back gives him a real hard edge in this team. So I'm, I'm very optimistic of this one. I think they're going to give it a good shake. Uh, they've got some tough games upcoming too. I think they're going to play the Roosters again. Uh, Penrith, I think, is in the mix as well. So they've got some uh, really big, uh, not just in terms of like finishing the season, but just in terms of a neutral contest, big contest coming up. Uh, but I think they start this week with a good win against St. George. It's interesting just looking at the team now. It's, uh, it's a real mix of the players that were in flag before and the SG ball. I think the split's about... Um, eight SG ball players, uh, nine uh, that uh, were in the flag uh, prior to uh, the SG ball season concluding. So I think I think he's got a good mix there this week, John. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, look, they got the win the last time. Let's back them to uh, do a double against the Dragons by taking this one out. Agreed. And I guess this now takes us to the New South Wales Cup. Yep. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, so I'll the, get you to run through the team <laughs> list and then 
then we'll we'll do our best to find a way that the Eels can maybe get home in that one. Yeah, obviously bleak finals prospects non-existent at this point, so it's all about player development, and there are some players to watch out for in this grade. This one kicks off at 11 o'clock a.m. out at Kellyville Park, so you can make it from uh, reserve grade to NRL if you want to race and think you can get the parking. Uh, but yeah, taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons, these two teams met way back, uh, where is it here? Round five again, so same as the flag, but they had a 26 or draw. One of those costly early results we're talking about 60s. It was a comeback, I think, in this one, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach Sini and Hayes Dunster scoring in the last 11 minutes to help the Eels get to the draw. I think, uh, by memory, Rankin had the two shots out wide and missed both of them. Uh, yes, that's correct. To take yep. the game. Uh, so looking at the lineup here, Named that fullback, Arthur Miller-Steven. You've got Chris Tupo and Wanga Blake on the wings. Jeremiah Messia and Lachlan Blackburn in the centres. Lockie Blackburn making his cup debut for the Parramatta Eels. Good to see. Uh, he's been a player that's been a, a bit checked by injury uh, this year, but uh, has got some genuine versatility between the back row and centres. Uh, an interesting asset to see how he develops. Uh, not a huge fan of the rest of the back line outside of Artie there, 60s. Uh, Tupo, Mamasia and Blake, well, Wanga, is an out-and-out back, and I don't have issues with him dropping back the reserve grade, obviously, but uh, again, coming back to the use of uh, players in other positions, uh, not necessarily helping that development pipeline uh, kick into overdrive, but in the halves, you've got Dejan Arcee and Jordan Rankin. Dejan obviously dropping back to the cup after Dylan Brown returns to the NRL. In the front row, Kai Rodwell and Offa Hickey Ogden are the props. Brendan Hands, the surprise inclusion in the New South Wales Cup this week. We'll talk about that shortly. Jack Murchie, Charlie Geimer, another young gun to watch, and Dan Keir round out the back row. On the interchange, it's Jaden Yates, Jonte Jr., Beth and Misa, Nico Apelu, and Noah Reed, another flag talent, getting his taste of New South Wales Cup. And uh, hopefully he can hold his own up there, the big fella. Yeah, so it's this is a mixed bag for me because, unfortunately, the Eels' form in New South Wales Cup has not been something that you'd you'd want to be uh, spending too much time talking about because they've had some heavy defeats. They're, they're sitting with the worst differential of any team in the New South Wales Cup running third last. And when you look at having to play players out of position, having to, br- having to bring in uh, players from uh, Ron Massey Cup football, I'm not knocking players that are playing Ron Massey Cup in in any way, but we're talking about the grade that is the immediate feeder to NRL. And uh, that's how depleted our backline stocks are to have a back rower playing at centre and a winger that's being called up from uh, from uh, Ron Massey Cup. Um, and look, I'm very happy to see uh, players elevated from Jersey flag gives them that experience playing open age football. And that is basically what hap- what's happened for a couple of the boys here. Arthur Miller-Steven was an elevation from earlier this season. He started the year in Jersey flag. You've got Lachlan Blackburn again, Jersey flag elevation there. Um, we've got Charlie Geimer who was playing SG ball this year. So he's gone to, uh, from SG ball to Jersey flag. Now it's a new South Wales cup. And, um, and of course, Noah Reed, who's the latest to get a, a taste of open age football uh, in this. I think Noah was originally from Newcastle and uh, joined the Eels this year. And he's a big unit. I think he's played Australian schoolboys. 
at a fairly young age. And uh, he had some really good early season form. He, he was one that I was keeping an eye on there because he's, I, I think he's got um, that capacity for his game as a middle forward to really come along in leaps and bounds. If he can get, if he could get a preseason somewhere along the line, he's, I think he's got a lot of potential, that bloke. So, um, yeah. As I said, it's a mixed it's a mixed bag because I don't have um, a lot of confidence in them being able to get a win, but I really would like to see the the young blokes perform well in New South Wales Cup level, and just as because that's we're talking about some players there who could very well be playing New South Wales Cup next year, mm-hmm. like to be the, the the players that make up. Uh, you know, a regular team appearance, a part of a regular team appearance in New South Wales Cup. So, uh, fingers crossed, mate. I think um, for us, it's probably a bit, a bit too challenging to get to Kellyville and then out to uh, Combank Stadium. And we do have our our next match that we'll preview is the curtain raiser, is it not? For the NRL, we've got the NRLW kicking off. Um, yeah, so that, that's the overall alternative uh, plan of attendance, isn't it? If you want to have the big double header out at Combank, make sure you're right. I'm sorry, I just had to take a double take. They've got the kickoff time listed as 12.03pm. I've never seen something like that. Uh, I don't know if that's a clerical error on error.com or they actually intend to kick off three minutes past midday. Uh, but this one is the NRLW clash between the two grand finalists last year, the reigning champions, Newcastle Knights, coming to Combank Stadium to take on the Parramatta Eels. Uh, Eels sit in 10th, the Knights in 5th right now. Uh, let's go through this team. I don't believe there are any changes from what was the modified team list ahead of that uh, game against the Dragons 60s. But No, you're right, you're right, yep. Uh, they yep. they are named in their proper sequential numbers now because it's not a pre-kickoff reshuffle. So Abby Church is at fullback, Zawi Fay and you got Monique Donovan on the wings, Mahalia Murphy and Cassie Toihiku are in the centres, Pahuka Berryman-Duff works alongside the rookie Rosemary Beckett, who has her second game in RLW. Hopefully she can have another good one. In the front row, Talisha O'Neill and Ruby Jean Kennard-Ellis. Ruben Charrington is the dummy half. Amelia Murphy and Chantel Stowers on the edges. Kennedy Charrington captains the team from lock forward. On the interchange bench, uh, the reserve dummy half, Capri Payakau. Nakia Davis-Welsh, Shannon Muru and Madeline Jones extend the roster. Tyler Amatu, Amiatu, sorry, Kyra Simon, Kimberly Hunt, Kelsey Clark and Elsie Albert. Albert was billed on Teamless Tuesday as an outside chance of playing this week as she battles to recover from a calf injury. But uh, given what we know about calf injuries in Rugby League 60s, you've got to think that it's fairly wildly optimistic that she would be included in the last second here. Yeah, and this is unfortunate because we've, we already know that Rachel Pearson's not there. Her... <sighs> Have they got an actual date for her return as yet, mate? Uh, on the broadcast last week, they said that the club was looking at round four for both Albert and Pearson. Uh, so I don't that that was a tentative round four by the sounds of it. So it, realistically, we could be halfway through the competition without getting a halfback back. Uh, but yeah. you know, you sort of do what you can. Look, I can find uh, positives in every single player that's listed in that team. What seems to be happening that we've seen the last few weeks is that uh, late in late in the halves, or, or certainly in the second half, they just have moments where the game gets away from them mm-hmm. defensively. 
um, what they absolutely must do, the, the Eels NRLW team, is to have greater line speed in defence. And I think we've seen that, and you wrote about it in your gin and logic, mate, that um, having a, a passive defensive line it is the surefire way to getting run over. Yeah, definitely. And unfortunately, that's basically what's ended up happening is it, it, it reaches that stage where if, you, if, you, if you're not going up to meet the attack, if you're constantly backpedaling, which is what, what happens, eventually you just can't backpedal anymore. The, the team's coming through. Uh, tackles are missed. It's just, yeah, and so they've allowed the opposition to get on the front foot at key moments in the games. And and look, in that first week against the Tigers, they held Parramatta held the lead for a significant part of that game and even into the second half and uh, were scrambling. But you could see that the floodgates were going to open and you suspected that when they opened, they were going to open big time. And that's pretty much what happened. And again, they looked like they were going to match it with the Dragons and they should have had some confidence after beating the Dragons in the trial. But, you know, the, the kicking game of um, uh, uh, Racing uh, McGregor, McGregor, yeah. McGregor. That, that kicking game of McGregor was a real point of difference for the Dragons. Those pinpoint kicks into the corner were just absolutely crueled the Eels' chances. And again, it ended up a comfortable win for the opposition. This week, well, all players basically have to be able to produce their best football. That It's, it's as simple as that. You're talking about the, the, them taking on the team that's the defending premiers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they've got someone like Tamika Upton, who's just one of the elite players in the NRL, lined up against them then uh and then of course you got the uh Southwall sisters as well ah, mate it's a big ask <laughs> have you got anything you'd want to add to that because uh, you know i want a tip and eels win um so maybe i'm gonna maybe i'm gonna hold back a tip this week i don't know I, i'm, yeah, I'm uncomfortable at, about tipping against them it's, but it's tough it is very tough, 60s, and realistically, they have to have this win because of the bizarre NRLW scheduling, even though they've got two more home games listed uh, for the rest of the remaining six rounds. Their home games in Cogra and Canberra, they're going to get no advantage playing these home games. So they've got no more Combank Stadium games after this weekend, and it's all on the road. So they're going to do it tough, and it is very hard to tip them because the big thing that would have been uh, what I would have said the uh, the equalising factor this week would have been the revenge factor because this was a team that knocked them over in the grand final, the team that broke their hearts. But from that team that lost in the grand final, you've got, uh, what, Abby Church, Zali, uh, Cassie was part of the team, but I don't think she was playing. You've got uh, Kendi Charrington, Ruby Jean, Kennard Ellis. Is that it? I think that might be it. So, the, the ones that took the for the ones that took the field, yeah. That, I mean, were, Ruben, yeah, Ruben, 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 yeah, like, uh, yeah, like Cassie was also part of the squad there. So, uh, you know, you've got you've got a part of a team that's going to be fired up for this one. But 
I think there's a, a lot of dissociation from that grand final loss for the rest of them because they weren't Eels. So I don't know if they're going to have enough uh, motivation here to get the upset, but they do need to find a way to get this win. Uh, and honestly, uh, you know, on a technical level, there's things they can do, obviously, but I think this is just all about firing up, you know, just getting real angry, going out there for yeah. energy and, and hurting them, like making them drop the ball, making them get out of their rhythm. And, you know, technically you want to be as efficient as possible, but just, you know, show some, uh, not not like passion for the jersey, because I know these girls are incredibly passionate about NRLW, but uh, for themselves, just get some aggression, you know, all that pent-up frustration from like, the first couple of games, unleash it this week. Okay, so a question I'd have for you. For a game like this, and we're, we are, uh, and I mean, we're, we've both got, uh, high opinion of Rose Beckett and uh, what the future has in store for her. But given that you've got such a key out in Rachel Pearson, would you simplify their game plan or or would you be encouraging them to, to use the ball? I mean, so, you know, the way that I look at it there, there's, I almost have a sense that there's nothing to lose yeah. for them because it is a shortened season. So they, you know, do they just um, go? Is the instruction go out there and enjoy yourself? I think. Um, yeah, I think you might be spot on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah, the the alternative is with with simplifying it and um, and and just giving uh, simple KPIs for each player to you know to work on out there. Um, oh, I don't know if there's a signal with that that. Um, you know, you, you're recognising that there are limitations to the team. Uh, yeah, look, I'd be tempted. I mean, we, we are so far away from being qualified to comment on what coaches should or shouldn't do. It's not funny. But I just have that feeling that I think they need to find some fun Yeah, out there in their footy. So, um, yeah, let them let them explore that. But we, we definitely need in defence to see some aggression and some line speed. So there you go. We've get, we've just given Dean Witters our game plan. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll send him the invoice later. So we're saying let him have a bit of fun in attack, Dean. Uh, make sure you got the line speed and a bit of aggression in defence. Yeah. So um, in other words, um, in defence, follow the uh, Cherrington yeah, sisters because exactly. they so, love mixing it. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so that brings us to the final game on the weekend, the NRL fixture against the St. George Illawarra Dragons. 11, that hurts to say, but 11 v. 16. Eels taking a tumble down the ladder based on some results. And actually got some results to go their way too, so it couldn't have been... It could have been worse, sorry. Uh, but they're taking on a Dragons team that looks like this. 2 o'clock p.m. kickoff, Combank Stadium, 60s. Tyrell Sloan at fullback. you got Matthew Fianai and Michaela Ravalawa. Michaela Ravalawa, sorry, uh, rather there. On the wings, Masesi Suli or Moses Suli and Zach Lomax are in the centres. Uh, Talatau and Monet and Ben Hunt in the halves. Francis Molo and Blake Laurie in the starting front row. Jacob Little, a dummy half. Billy Burns, Dan Russell and Jack DeBellin in the back row. But Jack DeBellin has been rubbed out for three or four weeks after Fallon to have his bid for a, a uh, what's it called? Not grapple tackle, or the hip drop tackle uh, at the judiciary downgraded. And I've got to say that was probably pretty tough, but that's how the judiciary rolls. Uh, on the interchange, Connor Mulison, Michael Molo, Toby Couchman, and Zane Mus- Musgrove. So I'd expect 
probably Michael Molo, but maybe Zane Musgrove to come into that starting lock role and then to promote one of their extended players into the roster who could come from this pool. Ryan Couchman, Sione Finau, Jack Bird, Max Fianai, and Ben Murdoch-Masilla. Uh, but yeah, that's how the Dragons line up this week, 60s. For the Eels, lots of changes. We spoke about it on Teamless Tuesday and the news podcast, but at fullback, Quinton Gufferson, who is the captain, uh, on the wings, Isaac Lumi Lumi and Sean Russell. Will Penasini and Bowie Simonson are in the centres. So right now, Isaac Lumi Lumi, the change in the back line over Wonga Bike. Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses are the halves. Brown making his long return from a suspension for off-field indiscretions. Uh, in the front row, Joe Ofengahi and Junior Barlaw are the bookends, with Joey Lusick taking over as the sole dummy half this week. Brendan Hands again dropped to reserve grade. Ryan Madison moves from the interchange as a middle forward to the starting left edge to shore up that uh, side defensively. Bryce Cartwright is on the right edge. Jermaine Hopgood locked forward. On that interchange bench, Luca Moretti, Andrew Davey, Warumu Greg making a rapid return from a Liz Frank injury. The Wolverine, like for real, uh, incredible healing powers there. Matt Hesse Makatoa record to first grade. Extended roster, Brendan Hands. Uh, Arthur Miller Stephen, there's an interesting name there. Offer Hickey Ogden, Dejan Arcy, and Jack Murchie. Ziggy Prezlaska Adamski, sorry, Ziggy, is the uh, main official. You've got Chris Butler in the box. And yeah, no other way to spin this 60s, but the Eels have to have this one. Yeah, it's this is literally uh, them walking on the precipice, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like they're, they're, uh, if they falter there, that's goodbye to the season. And. They're very close to that anyway, with given that they've got uh, two of the remaining four matches are, are against the top two teams in the Panthers and the Broncos. So uh, this is uh, one of the matches that they might be favoured to win. But if you if they played similar to how they played last week against the Storm, the Dragons would get them. Yeah, It's a horrible thing to say, but the, the way that the Eels performed last week, the Tigers would beat them. Like, and that's that's just a, a that's just blunt a blunt assessment that I don't think is unfair to say. Uh, it was it really was a capitulation against the storm. Now there's been a lot made about how the storm performed last week, and and people are you know talking them up about their prospects now. I'm going to suggest yeah look there was a couple of blokes that played really well for the storm, but. Talk about handing the game to them on a platter. Yeah. The way that the Eels performed. Melbourne did not have to do anything special to win that game. Don't get carried away with the Storm's form at all. The reality was that Parramatta were very, very poor in that game and they cannot afford to have the same attitude. And notice I'm talking about attitude in this week because we saw... And we we spoke about it in the in the uh, post match instant reaction podcast that it seemed that the Eels went into this game with a negative mindset, literally believing that they were, had lost the game before they've even taken the field. You can see that in the body language, in the effort plays that were non-existent, mm-hmm. and anyone that has uh, the slightest passing interest in rugby league can recognise when there's effort plays that aren't there. It's just, you know, there were tries that the Storm scored from close range that screamed out that there were blokes not doing the bare minimum. 
let alone putting in a little bit of extra effort. So that's hard. It might sound harsh, as I said, but I think it's I think it's an accurate call on what we witnessed last week. Now, how much difference will Dylan Brown make? Obviously, it will be if he's playing as he can, it will make a significant difference. And again, I'm going to come back to headspace. It's going to have a lot to do with Dylan's headspace this week. Yep. Will he be able to block out the noise that will be around his return? And we know that that's coming. Whether it's coming from um, supporters, both probably both his own supporters and the opposition. It's going to come from the uh, media. It's going to come probably from the opposition players might be saying something to him out there for all you know. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, there's been a lot of talk about he's got to repay his teammates. And that's been said publicly by Brad Arthur that he's got a, he's got a job to do in repaying his teammates. All I'd suggest that he has to do is to play as Dylan Brown does. Just try to, you know, block it all out and uh, get on with football. So he will make a significant difference. Where we have to be um, hopeful that he makes the greatest difference is on that left side defence, isn't it? I mean, and that because we know that when you have the systematic uh, failures, uh, sorry, the systemic failures that we had last week, that those tend to start from the inside out, don't they? Yes. With, especially with a slide defence. So you've got the biggest change on that side. Like people will go, Wong and Blake is the biggest change. And don't get us wrong, I think he, he, he slipped out of the systems last week. But once you've got it right with someone who's just a class defender like Dylan Brown, that can make all the difference in the world for what the players outside of him then do in their defensive movements and their defensive decisions. So yeah, he's going to make a bit of a difference. But then look, I look at the I look at the Dragons. They're a team that's got errors written all over their faces. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it's like um, if they were playing, uh, you know, the Guess Who game, um, it would be a thesaurus of uh, of words that are synonyms for mistake uh, that they'd be wearing as their headbands because. That's that's pretty much them in a nutshell. Now, of course, what that means is that they're flashy. You just don't know what might end up happening yep. in a particular game. That's yeah. my that's my fear. I have I have um, the fear of Lomax and Ravalawa. I was about to say that right edge has got some serious strike. Yeah, yeah, and you know Lomax is just going to chance his hand. You know that. Like, people were praising him the other week for being restrained. It's not in his nature to be restrained. He's going to try those flick passes and miracle balls. And, and you know, if, if Ravalawa's uh, – he's probably been one of their most consistent players, Ravalawa. He's he's basically what Mike Acevo should be in terms of consistency. Like, he is he is a very good rugby league winger. Um we know that Ben Hunt's a class player. Amone, he's one of those flashy players. You know, you're going to get something, something miraculous, or you're going to get something dumb. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? It'll probably be all the miraculous this week. 
I look at that and I think I can see. Look, I can see advantages for the eels in, in a number of places around the the field, but most notably, I I think we have a definite advantage in the forwards, mm-hmm. and um, and I think we still hold an advantage in the backs, but probably St George might have some players who are capable of a, a little bit more of the flashy uh, play than what we do. So, uh, what do I want from the team this week, John? Do I want? Do we want them just to to go back to pretty well straight? You know that straightforward, hard edged Parramatta football. I think you know it, it sounds like a broken record when we ask for that, but it's the successful formula. Yeah. Have they have they produced anything like that in the last few weeks? No. Have they looked? Have they looked like they were going to produce it in the last few weeks? No. Yes. So, so it's almost like for the players that that'd almost be a change of tactics. I'm sure it was always part of their tip sheet to play that brand of football, but it's it's going to be a a, a change of um of what they produce. So maybe. I don't know. Maybe we were wrong. Maybe that wasn't on the tip sheet, yeah. but it should be this week. Yep. So, um, mate, what, what's what's your thoughts on the relative strengths and weaknesses, and and where this is going to be played and won? Uh look, I suppose the big thing, the two big areas for me, because I'm, I'm not really worried about the right edge. It's going to be how much does the left edge improve with the return of Dylan Brown and the transfer of Ryan Madison uh, to the uh, same side, defensively and offensively. Uh, and how much do we lose in the middle with Maddo going from that position to the left edge and can we compete and dominate in the ruck? Because we mentioned it, you know, that smash mouth dominate the ruck is our bread and butter and we just haven't been there or thereabouts in recent weeks uh, outside of that, you know, finishing fitter than the Cowboys in that contest up in Townsville. So they've got to do that. Um, you know, Junior has to lead the way. And I actually thought Junior was okay against Melbourne. I had a, a, another look back at that game and he certainly wasn't the big issue there. Uh, but he's going to need some help. He's going to need uh, Joe Effingahe to step up. He's going to need Wittemu Greg, who I, I do have some concerns about his conditioning because the big fellow has been out for a while. Uh, so he's going to have to be on a minutes restriction. But he's going to have to rip him when he gets in there. Makasi Makatoa is going to have to step up. Uh, Luca Murdy might get some more opportunities. So we need to compete in the rock, and we need to set that platform. And defensively, uh, we need to be you know showing some intent because that hasn't been there in the last couple of weeks. Does it surprise you that we're already asking Joey Lussick to play 80 minutes? A little bit. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on there with Brendan Hands, whether he's been given not the week off but a chance to freshen up or if they've identified something in the, the tape to say he needs to work on in reserve grade and didn't have the luxury in recent weeks without the uh, second dummy half on the roster to do so. But I didn't think he was the biggest of issues against the Melbourne Storm. Um, no, no, and, and especially as... Uh, what was he replaced about 25 minutes yeah, into exa- the game? Exactly. Something so, like that. And it's not like Lassie had a bad game either. Um, but oh, no, 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 no. It's, I mean, I, I, I thought we might have had uh, Brendan on the, on the bench because of, well, he's got utility value as well. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, if I'm critical of, of this team lineup, it's that I might have liked to have seen Brendan hands on the bench, but then I look at, um, the, the forwards that are there and you mentioned Wiramu and maybe his 
his minutes are going to be limited. We haven't seen Luca Moretti play anything like long minutes. He, his stints have been short, haven't they, in yeah. the in in first grade up to now. So we can't expect all of a sudden he's he's going to he's going to pull in a, a main rotation type of minutes out there. And this is where it gets interesting because you've got Andrew Davy there. And you've got Ryan Madison, and then you think, okay, so does Ryan Madison go from being on the edge to being part of the middle rotation? Because if he's if he's just going to be straight out replaced by Andrew Davy on an edge, so that Davy's playing edge, which he does more frequently, he can play in the middle. Uh, but if he if he goes to an edge, you wouldn't think he's going to be playing many minutes. And if you know to replace Ryan Madison, if Ryan Madison isn't part of the middle rotation, mm-hmm. because Maddo Maddo can and likes to he can do and he likes to play those long minutes, and even when he starts on the bench, he generally gets about sixty minutes of football. So I'm not really sure what the plan is going to be around the rotation. Um, yeah, uh, look. I'm going to expect a little bit more from Joe Offengawe. I think we're not going to see the best of Joe. I said this the other day until after he's done a pre-season with the Eels. Um, but we're still two matches without RCG. And uh, we have to... It's the Broncos next week, isn't it? Yes, up at the Gabba. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have to rapidly hit form and combinations. And it has to start with this game here. So I'm expecting big games from our our main two uh, playmakers in Gutherson and Moses. Uh, I'm not including Dylan in that uh, main playmaker at the moment because he, of the fact that he's coming back after so long out. I mean, the, will he come back? You know, they talked about how good Cleary looked because he was so fresh after being out of the game for, for so long. Will Dill come back looking fresh, or can he? Or will he be troubled by you know what's happened being on his mind? Mm-hmm. I question. keep coming back to it. It's I, I really think that that's going to be the tail of the tape there for him. What hap- what's going on in his head? Um, yeah, Jermaine Hopgood, mate. He, he is so consistent. I think you know what I think he'll. I'm going to put a lot of our hopes this week on his performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that I, I'm ready. If you're ready, mate, I'm ready to to give my predictions yeah, for the for the for this week. Let's so, get into it. yep, I'm going to say that the Eels win uh, 32 to 22. Uh, I see Jermaine Hopgood as best on field. And I see Bailey Simonson as first try scorer. I like that. Um, I want to see a big win, and I've tipped some big wins recently. I'm going to be a bit more conservative this week and get just the deals getting enough done to secure the two points. So I'll go for about a 26 to 12 victory thereabouts. Um, I'm going to go to the left edge to be the big improvers this week. Ryan Madison, the try scorer, maybe Dylan Brown, the try scorer, but I'll go Ryan Madison if I had to put a name there. And then best on field, well, honestly, it's going to take a, a collective team effort here. So you could name you know, a whole raft of people here. I know you shouted out uh, Jermaine Hopgood having a big one here. Um, 
I think Dylan's going to be good, but maybe not great. He might overplay his hand a little bit, be a bit rusty. Um, I'm going to go for a player that I think has just stood tall amongst all our mediocrity recently in Will Penasini. Okay, yeah, I, I, I like that because I, I was I was looking out at the centres with um, uh, with having that tip around Bailey Simonson. So uh, I like the Will Penasini tip there. Um, mate, it's... As you said, we have to get this done. We just have to get this done. So uh, we've got we've tipped at least two eels wins out of the four. Let's hope we can get three, maybe four games out of the weekend. That if we were to if we were to achieve that, I'd be literally dancing on the ceiling after the weekend is up. So our fingers crossed that we can get. All the teams across the line. We're tipping at least two of the teams get across the line this weekend. Mm-hmm. The people, to the people that are listening, thank you for tuning into uh, the podcast. We're actually recording this on a Wednesday night. You're probably going to be listening to this on a Friday. So if there's been any late developments or changes, uh, if we have the opportunity, we'll drop something in. If not, our apologies for not quite having the latest <laughs> news when this is going up. Future 4020 here, uh, since recording on Wednesday, we have since had some uh, murmurs and agitation in the media that there will be a change to the team. Uh, it looks like Isaac Lumi Lumi could be out and coming in to replace him on the wing, making his NRL debut in that case, is Arfamela Stephen. Uh, should that be uh, how it plays out? Obviously, we're very excited to see how Artie plays in his debut. And I'm uh, very happy to see him making that debut, but we've got to wait and see. But I think if we've got a couple of reports via Christian Nicolucci and uh, the Mole saying that it is sort of trending that way right now. So well done to Arthur if that is the case. And we're excited to see him run out at Combank Stadium on Sunday making his NRL debut. Uh, John, thank you again for fine, your fine work. Thank you to our sponsors, Big Swing Golf at North Mead and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Norellan and Parramatta. Thank you to Parramatta Leagues Club for their support in and hosting, having us host the post-match celebration, as it will be this week, mm-hmm. in Jack's Bar and Grill after the big game. Head there straight after the game. We'll kick off about half an hour after full time. So come and join us. Enjoy a drink. Have a feed. Have a listen to some, to, to some footy talk. Come up and say g'day after the match because we enjoy having a bit of a chat with people, whether you're uh, regular listeners to the podcast or you've simply been at the game and you want to have a bit of a chat, more of a chat about what's going on. We really enjoy that. Nothing better than a, a Sunday afternoon at the football. The Blue and Gold Alliance doing their lap of honour before the big game. Get there, give a cheer to those people that have worn the Blue and Gold jerseys in the past. And one last thing, mate. Go, you mighty eels.